Welcome, adjudicators, to another episode of Disputed, where two fictional characters go head-to-head, armed with only their advocates, and you will decide the outcome. Everything is disputed. Oh, yeah. How you doing, man? I am fantastic. How are you? Ah, better than most, not as good as some. So fair enough. Let's tell us tell the folks who we are. Well, hey nerds, I'm Damon, father of two, husband of one. You may know me from such podcasts as Damon Does, A Different World Pod, and In the Stack, the Library Podcast, or you may not. <laughs> Maybe. Ah, well. Thank you, Devon. I am a dean, master of so many things podcasting. You may have may know me from the Podscure Podcast Network and its corresponding podcast. How are you now? The Letter Kidding Podcast, the Boondocks Podcast, and the upcoming Come Out to Me If You Want to Live or Get Away from Me, You Bitch Podcast. That's what I'm involved with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you like that one? Good. Yes, I did. Good. Yes, I did. Uh, Man, we had fun last time. I know it's been three weeks since, yeah, because we had the holiday there. But man, that last episode, it was the most votes. I think we had, uh, no, I take that back. So it was not the most votes. I misread that. It is, we didn't get a lot of votes. I'll put it that way. That being said, we did get uh, a good deal of votes. That Brock Sampson versus Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite came away with the victory, 86%. So yeah, I think it's probably the most lopsided I think we've had we've had so far so uh big congrats to mce amazing for doing such an amazing job <laughs> and uh, yeah sean you were a fantastic advocate for brock sampson unfortunately things just didn't uh, didn't work out for you <laughs> i'm sorry but but yeah brock that uh, to me that was a much more evenly matched pair up just in my view i think there's just a lot more black dynamite fans out there i i think some of these votes are these results mm-hmm. i think are result of just uh, the fan base that we have so far and who they like yeah i'm surprised if i was again um like with spike and cassidy which is pretty lopsided too right. i was surprised that black i was surprised black diamond won to be honest and i was yeah. surprised that he, he watched rock samson the oh, way he big did. time but remember this is a vote we were writing it they probably would have ended up in a, in a <laughs> hail of smoke and created the grand canyon so uh, there's that yeah so yeah i i was kind of surprised myself on how that how that came out i was expecting it to be much closer because and in all honesty i honestly feel that if they fought each other it would just be dead even <laughs> there was, yep. there's no there's no winner really there we we're the winners that's true we would be the winners very 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 <laughs> very true so anything else or should we are you ready to introduce our advocates for this week i am ready all right so let's bring them in here so we've got Michael from the No Fate Podcast, and we've got Ryan from the uh, Wreck Yourself Podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and do what I do with introducing Michael. Our first advocate for today hails from the Windy City. Spent some time in the big sky country, but now takes up residence in the City of Angels. Some call him MJ, and some occasionally refer to him as No Knees on account of him being born without kneecaps. I like to think that he probably owed some money to the mob, but in any case, give it up for Michael John Petty! Ah, oh, Michael, 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 MJ. 
Uh, Thanks got, for having you know, me, guys. I, I, I like me some MJs. I got an MJ on the Boondocks podcast, so MJs are good folks. Uh, so, MJ, who are you advocating for today and why? And what do you bring to the table? So I'm advocating for Sarah Connor because, as you mentioned, I host a Terminator podcast called No Fate, a Terminator podcast with one of my good buddies, Tanner. And ultimately, I hope to bring Sarah to the table. I mean, I kind of think she speaks for herself. I don't think I have to really embellish a whole lot as far as her capabilities and her qualifications. I just think that they need to be taken into account. I, well, that, you know, you're not wrong. So what do you bring to the table as far as, as far as Sarah and your devotion to this character? Sure. So, uh, I've been, I've been a Terminator fan for a really long time since I was in uh, high school and I just immediately fell in love with Terminator two specifically. Um, a huge fan of the Sarah Connor Chronicles television show. That's actually a huge reason why we started our podcast in the first place is because very few people were doing that sort of thing. And I had listened to a Sarah Connor Chronicles podcast a long time ago, but it is since long gone. So we decided right. to do our own. Right on. Yeah. I, I, I watched that when it came out and enjoyed it very much. I kind of missed, you know, I, I was kind of bummed out when they took it off because it was, it was a fun show. Lena Headey was am, am amazing as yeah. Sarah Connor. So yeah. So, and she's proved herself time and time again, you know, even, you know, up to through uh game of Thrones. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Demond, are you ready to, to introduce your advocate? He, he, he. Yes, I am. <laughs> Our next advocate is from Southeast Pennsylvania. Unaware of having nicknames, I'm sure he was called lots of things. Such as signals intelligence analyst, Korean linguist, archaeology researcher, and all the way up until now in technical sales. Please make some noise for the man with no nickname, Mr. No Nicknames Needed, Ryan I don't think anybody's ever said my name that enthusiastically before. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'll yeah. hire you to go anywhere with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all about gassing up our, our folks here. So if you don't feel like a big deal before you got here, you're a big, you feel like you should feel like a big deal now. That's our job. <laughs> Damn right. Well, thank you. You're doing a fine job at it. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll let you remove you. I only hope that I can do that introduction justice today. <laughs> I expect nothing left. Demond, right. I'll yes. let you continue. Yes. So, first of all, Ryan, who are you advocating for this evening? And also, why? I am advocating for humanity, which means I'm supporting <laughs> Ellen Ripley. She has a fantastic track record of preventing apocalypses. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she's a badass. And honestly, you know, as far as what I'm bringing to the tape, you know, in... It, when I went to college, I, I took some cyborg feminism classes. I wrote some papers <laughs> on Terminator. I was ready to tackle this from a from very intellectual standpoint. I've got all my T's crossed, my I's dotted. I'm ready to go. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Very Bring nice. that smoke. That's what I like to hear. All right. So, all right. So, I will talk about this episode now. This episode 
brings the disputes between two of the most iconic women to command a James Cameron franchise. Who are these two badass protagonists? You ask only two of the most dedicated, brilliant, and loyal ladies ever to body a final boss and rescue those in their care. Sarah Connor versus Ellen Ripley. All right. So the rules are as such. Each person will get a five-minute opening statement, followed by their uh, opponent's rebuttal for two minutes. I have buttons that will signal, I, I will signal off when I've started, and you'll hear a noise once you've hit that time. After that, each host, Demond and I, will ask a question for which you will be able to answer over two minutes. And there may or may not be questions from the crowd who is watching. And anyone who's watching, if you have a question uh, for either of our advocates, please put them in the comments. I think I don't think you can do that through Twitter, but I think you can through everything else. So Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So, and after that, yeah. So after that, you get uh, two minute closing arguments each, and then everybody will go vote. You can bank time. So if you have, uh, say you've only used three minutes of your opening statement and you wanna bank that extra two minutes for something else you need, you just say so. And, uh, and then also Demond and I have the full wherewithal to extend time for you another 30 seconds. All right. Any questions before we get going? So being that you uh, were the first advocate, MJ, you will, you are, on, will be on the clock for, oh my God, Sarah Connor. I don't, my brain is just like, wow. <laughs> I'm like even wearing a Terminator wow, shirt. I know, yeah. I know, man. It's just <laughs> sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm moving in less than two weeks. My brain is not all here. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and start the clock for five minutes and you are on. Great. So I would 100% trust Sarah Connor over Ellen Ripley to get me out of a bad spot because she has the adequate training to do so. You know, after spending the majority of her adult life learning basic combat, self-defense, military-grade weapons training, not to mention her ability to keep a low profile and get off the grid if necessary, Sarah Connor is a flesh-and-blood machine who will stop at nothing to protect her charge. While Ripley only fights for her own survival, Sarah fights as the mother of John Connor, the future leader of the human resistance. With infinitely more pressure, Sarah has to teach her son everything his future self would come to know. From his ability to lead to basic toughness and integrity, it all came from this incredible single mother who stopped at nothing to not just protect him, but prepare him for the future. If Sarah Connor decides that you're worth protecting, you don't really have any reason to think you won't make it out alive. On various occasions, differing versions of Sarah protected and kept safe John Connor, Kyle Reese, Danny Ramos from differing incarnations of Terminators, each scarier than the last. She won't think twice about jumping straight into the fire if it means getting you out alive, though her tactical skills really call for anything so drastic. When we first meet Sarah, she's a scared 19-year-old girl who has no idea what her future holds. When she finds out, after some convincing, of course, she commits her life to not only stopping the T-800 that's after her, but also preparing her son for his role in the world's salvation from Skynet, a foe who is neither living nor breathing, who you can't just eject into space and hope goes away. Yet it's with this weight of the world on her shoulders that she presses on, hoping to stop Judgment Day. Yes, there are different incarnations of Sarah Connor who hail from different timelines. The first two follow the Sarah Connor we all know, played by Linda Hamilton, the most iconic version, probably the one that we're all thinking of immediately when we think of Sarah Connor. But Genesis reboots the character through Amelia Clark into a born warrior who is actually raised by a Terminator, which gives her a different kind of advantage in some ways. Add to that the Dark Fate incarnation, which suffered a terrible loss, yet continues to hunt machines so that no one else has to feel her pain. 
This isn't even to mention Lena Headey's interpretation in the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which humanizes Sarah in a way that none of the other films could in a very motherly way, very similar to Ripley in, in some respects, while also keeping Sarah's edge. Throughout the short-lived series, she does her best to train her son for the future while also trying to stop that future from ever even occurring. If these different timelines prove anything about Sarah, though, it's that she's consistent no matter her circumstances. No matter the stakes, she will stop at nothing to save the world and those she cares deepest about. That said, though, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, the greatest action film of all time, by the way, provides us with our most iconic version of Sarah Connor, the one who fights the T-1000 to death in order to stop Skynet's apocalypse. Here, Lynn Hamilton, Sarah, stands up to Arnold Schwarzenegger's classic T-800 and actually has proven time and time again to be just as culturally iconic and important, if not more so, than the Terminator himself. But let's take a look at Sarah's failures quick so that we can be transparent here, because she's not without her flaws. In Dark Fate, the film opens with Sarah losing John to the T-800 only a year after the events of T-2. And while I personally think this is the worst possible decision and the most uncharacteristic ever made in the Terminator franchise, it's worth noting that this is also the only on-screen timeline in which Sarah actually fails that mission. In the original James Cameron films, she succeeds and seemingly stops Judgment Day. In Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and Terminator Salvation, it's clear that she trained John adequately and gave him enough weapons and prophetic information to take down Skynet in the future. In Genesis, she saves Kyle Reese from his usual death and stops Skynet from being born, rewriting the timeline completely. And in Dark Fate, she helps protect the new leader of the human resistance, Danny, and actually takes her under her wing. This isn't even to mention all the people she saves in Sarah Connor Chronicles as well. But the point is that Sarah rarely loses, and while Ripley may ultimately win against the Xenomorphs, more often than not, it's at a cost, and that cost is usually just about everyone around her. While Sarah may lose some folks along the way, those she saves always outnumber those she loses, and that is why I would trust her with my life. All right. So you will be banking, if you want, 45 seconds. I'll take it. All right. All right. So, Ryan, if you are ready... I'm going to bring you over here, and you will start your two-minute rebuttal for Ellen Ripley. All right. Well, I'd like to compliment Michael first and foremost for his excellent job of presenting Sarah Connor. She is an iconic female hero. However, I think you may have downplayed some of her faults. I can't seem to remember who the ultimate bad guy at the end of Terminator Genesis was, but I'm pretty sure that's another John Connor that didn't make it. I'll go ahead and bank the rest of my time and roll it right into my five-minute prepared statement. All right. So give me a second, and I will switch that over. All that's right. That's a unique tactic. Yeah, there you go. So you got, yeah, you got uh, six and a half minutes, basically. <laughs> All right. <laughs> First and foremost, Ellen Ripley is the hero of her story. Sarah Connor is a supporting character destined to shepherd others so that they can lead the resistance against Skynet or Legion or John Connor. I'm looking at you, Amelia Clark, Sarah Connor. Whatever. At her best, she's a valuable <laughs> member of an ensemble cast. At her worst, a victim along for the ride. In the first film, Michael Bean's Kyle Reese declares that it's just him and the Terminator. He isn't there to help Sarah defeat a Terminator. He's there to prevent the Terminator from killing Sarah and he succeeds. By the time she gets to push the button to destroy that Terminator, it's down to a single limb. He has stuffed a pipe bomb in its chest and done it in. He's there to prevent it. Like I said, he's there to prevent the Terminator from killing Sarah. 
In the film that defined her role in the series, T2 Judgment Day, Arnold Schwarzenegger's T-800 does most of the heavy lifting and combat. Sarah was at her most capable in that movie when escaping from the mental hospital, a plot that would have been foiled had it not been for the arrival of John Connor and a couple of dueling Terminators as she was being swarmed by orderlies. Her biggest contribution to combat in the first two films is steering the truck while strong men make things explode. So much for girl power. In contrast, Ellen Ripley takes charge of every situation, whether surrounded by a platoon of space marines or murderous criminals. She earns their respect and ultimately takes charge of the fight against the xenomorphs. Although she does her share of driving, and she manages to kill aliens even while driving, and undoubtedly ultimately kills her foes, Sarah does not. And if you want to talk about efficiency, in 1979's Alien, Ripley dispatches her first killer robot with 30 minutes left to spare leaving plenty of time for her to single-handedly defeat the alien that's killed the rest of her crew. And let's be honest, it's hard to ignore James Cameron's mommy issues. The entire Terminator <laughs> franchise and the Alien franchise from the second film on are steeped in weird mommy trauma. Ripley saddled with the nurturing Newtons facing off against the alien queen in the second film, and then confronted with the choice to essentially give birth to an alien queen in the third movie. She chooses instead to throw herself into molten metal. That's what heroes do when the future of humanity's on the line. And it's how you know that Sarah Connor's not the hero of her best outing in the Terminator franchise. Big metal thumbs up to Ripley. She gets it. <laughs> Sarah, by contrast, clings to the message from her future son that there is no fate while blindly accepting the role that he has assigned her. Saying that Sarah's the hero of her story is like saying Mary's the hero of the New Testament. Unlike a cyborg set from the future, it does not track. Damn. Ripley's unwavering wow. good judgment is evident all the way back in the first film. She's the first to determine that the beacon they followed is a warning. When Lambert and Dallas bring Kane back to the ship with a facehugger attached to him, Ripley refuses them entry to, to avoid exposing the ship to an unknown contamination. Her good judgment would have saved all but one member of the Nostromo. By, by contrast, Sarah Connor, upon realizing that multiple Sarah Connors have been slain and sensing danger, immediately calls her roommate Ginger and leaves a message advertising her location. The Terminator uses that message to find her, and dozens of people die as collateral damage in the hunt for John Connor's mom. Michael makes some great points about all the people that she saves, but what about all the people that get waxed by Terminators along the way? In Alien 2... Ripley warns the company to evacuate the colony because of the xenomorph threat, which they ignore, and predictably, it gets out of hand. Again, if they had followed Ripley's advice, none of this would have happened. This resulted in them asking her to come on as a consultant for the rescue operation. She consistently shows a superior understanding of the danger of the situation, ultimately evacuating for uh, survivors. And I hate to be a bean counter here, but Michael Bean makes it through this one. He doesn't get killed until Alien 3. By contrast, in her second outing, Sarah runs off half-cocked to go assassinate Miles Dyson, shooting him in the shoulder and traumatizing his family before John and the T-800 show up, show him a little bit of evidence, and find out that he's actually a pretty good guy who signs up to save humanity on the spot. Her poor judgment almost costs him a powerful ally who ends up being instrumental in taking down Cyberdyne. In virtually every Alien film, if everyone listens to what Ripley says to do from the beginning, disaster can be averted. Sarah Connor's track record is spotty at best, but she isn't the most stable person, is she? In Dark Fate, she reveals that she's here to kill Terminators and get blackout drunk. And honestly, most of the time, she's fresh out of Terminators. So it's not like she's killing them every day. It's mostly just getting blackout drunk. Sarah has access and knowledge of present-day weaponry, and she knows how to handle it. Ripley has access to futuristic assault weapons, flamethrowers, APCs, cargo loader exoskeletons, and her arsenal is deeper and more dangerous than Sarah's. 
Furthermore, Ripley knows how things work. Remember when she determined that the Space Marines rounds could potentially detonate the nuclear facility they were in the base uh, that they were in based on looking at the schematic? That's something that the corporate executive planning the mission, the android, and the military leadership miss. Ripley caught it. She can also pilot a spaceship. Her scientific knowledge gives her an edge when it comes to planning and understanding futuristic threats. Sarah's just sitting around getting drunk, waiting to blow things up. In a hand-to-hand fight, Sarah might have an edge in training, especially the Amelia Clark version. But if she's fighting Ripley from Alien Resurrection, she's fighting a Ripley who's been spliced with xenomorph DNA, giving her super strength, agility, acid blood, and a psychic connection to the aliens. At this point in the franchise, Ripley's a couple hundred years old, has superpowers, and has never allowed humanity to get wiped out. Sarah got older, drunker, and she can't seem to stop the future from being taken over by killer robots. Advantage, Ripley. And if you want to compare apples to apples, in, 2000, in the 2001 Dark Horse comic, in 2001 Dark Horse comics released Alien versus Predator versus Terminator, a comic sequel taking place after the events of Alien Resurrection, in which crypto terminators left over from the 21st century use alien DNA to create super soldier cyborgs capable of replicating themselves and rebuilding Skynet. I'll give you, I'll give the, you a couple more seconds to finish your thought there. By the end of the four-issue series, Ripley has defeated the Xenomorphs, been made an honorary predator, and defeated Skynet for the final time. <laughs> Advantage, Ripley. All right. Damn. Wow. My, my, my. Well, MJ, you're up, you're up for a two-minute rebuttal. You, you ready for that? Yeah, I guess right. so. Get after it. Well, I think there's a couple things we need to talk about, first of all. The John Connor who becomes evil in the future in Genesis has nothing to do with Sarah. Sarah's long dead. You know, that Judgment Day has happened. Skynet is doing his thing. And sure, John Connor was trained by Sarah. That's absolutely 100% true. But if you want to talk about Skynet getting the drop on him, we also have to talk about how the Xenomorph gets the drop on Ripley in Alien 3, which kills Hicks and Newt, which was basically the whole point of Aliens, was saving them and getting everyone out alive. (laughs) Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to happen. And also, in Alien Resurrections, we have a Ripley who, yes, is definitely superior to the original in terms of she has more ability and acid blood and the connection to the Xenomorphs, absolutely. But because of that, the Xenomorphs also have more of a connection to her and are smarter, faster, stronger in a lot of ways than originally. And that's partially due to Ripley in that instance. Ripley's also super hesitant to do anything after the first Alien movie. She has no desire to actively take down Xenomorph. She's basically dragged into Aliens, kicking and screaming, whereas Sarah's instinct is to take the fight to Skynet and does so in Terminator 2. No one around Ripley also believes her or listens to her at any point in time. So whether she knew or not doesn't really seem to matter in the long run because nobody listened anyway. And if we're going to talk about her defeating an android on her spaceship, we also have to mention that androids are nowhere near as strong as Terminators and certainly are not a T-1000, a liquid metal Terminator. Also, Ripley often has to rise to the occasion, ultimately proving that she is a sole survivor of her situation. Often she is the sole survivor of every Alien movie, whereas Sarah usually has either John or Kyle or Danny or whoever you want by the end of the film, proving that she can actually around a little bit more time. Ultimately, I think the point is that if we're looking at who is actually the better protector, which was the point, right, then Sarah obviously has the advantage. All right. right, Well, Demond, 
<sighs> yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, those excellent arguments and rebuttals. I, I you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bring this one up. Actually, Demont, you want to let's see. Do you want to? Did you want to ask him? You have a question for for Michael? Let's see. Michael was Sarah. advocating for Sarah. Sarah yep. Correct. Yep, yep. Yes. Okay. So the. Um, for me, because I've watched all the movies, but the ones that really stick stuck with me is their initial incarnations where they're both in their very first movies. How do you think Sarah Connor would have reacted to the Xenomorph? <laughs> I think Sarah Connor would have been really freaked out if we're talking about Terminator 1. If we're talking about Terminator 2, I think I don't think it'd be hard for her to take that guy out. With, because of tactics or because of training? Because a lot, because there were, and I'm just playing devil, devil's advocate sure. here. You know, they had a ship full of Marines. Sure. And only Ripley survived. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I like, how would she be different? Well, I think Sarah would be different for a few reasons. I think one, Sarah's used to fighting Terminators. So if we're going to go based off Terminator 2, Sarah, Terminators are theoretically a lot more intense than Xenomorphs. You can't, they don't bleed. They don't need to breathe. If they get launched out into space, they could come right back. It wouldn't be an issue for them. Whereas Xenomorph does breathe, does need food, does can bleed and Sarah's use of all of her weapons and that training that she has there would give her the edge, I think, over Ripley in this case, who didn't have the same kind of weapons training that Sarah Connor put herself through after her first encounter with the Terminator. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, Ryan. Yes. Let's say Ripley is a 19-year-old waitress and there are Terminators hunting ellen ripley how okay. how is she dealing with that that's any different from how sarah connor dealt with that i think first of all i think ripley's got a cooler head she probably wouldn't carry the terminator to term i mean if we're, we're going to compare apples to oranges here i think that i think there's also an education gap between even a young ripley versus a young sarah connor Sarah Connor's hanging out as a waitress and Ripley is a skilled pilot. When she's starting out, she's young, but she's not entirely inexperienced and she's extraordinarily well-informed. Clearly she has the ability to handle cryptographic problems such as alien beacons. So she decoded an alien beacon. I have a feeling that, uh... <laughs> Tanner's coming in with some good ones for you. <laughs> she only carries aliens to term. He's throwing heat. Yeah, he is. <laughs> That's my boy. Yeah. And how long did that <laughs> alien last? <laughs> uh, Incinerated instantaneously because she'd thrown herself in molten metal. So I think that she would deal with it. Uh, I don't think the Terminator would have found her because I don't think that she would have advertised her location to it, if that makes any sense. And odds are, if I know Ellen Ripley, she's not in the phone book. What's her Gmail address? <laughs> uh, it's ellenripley at gmail.com. No, actually, Ellen Ripley probably... Does Ellen Ripley think, use Ellen a Ripley VPN? Probably, <laughs> she probably is actually in the phone book because she's just living in some schlubby apartment at the beginning of at the beginning of Aliens after they rescue her. Yeah, yeah. I so my, my view because my view on that is, yeah, I, it, they are two people from separate times. Yeah, so I'm just kind of curious if you put Ellen Ripley, you know, she's in the 1980s waitress. You know, I you know that's you know how they how how they portrayed Sarah is not drastically different than any other waitress I think you would probably see at the time that was that same age. So I'm just kind of curious if you thought that Ellen, would Ellen even be a waitress? <laughs> so, so yeah, there's, so, there's some things I, to think about there. I don't think that Ellen would be, I don't think that Ellen would be a waitress, but 
you know, that ragtag group of people on the Nostromo fought off the alien with makeshift weapons. They mm. didn't actually have weapons. They built flamethrowers mm. out of out of construction material. So if they were in if they were to swap places, how would I, I think it's fair if we're gonna ask how Ellen did was going to do as a waitress, I think Sarah Connor would be doing what she did in her own movie, which is following everybody else until somebody ultimately saves her. Mm -hmm. All right then. Demond, you there? Are you frozen? I think we lost nope, him. That's oh. all right. Michael, you're the new co-host. <laughs> <Not> really. <laughs> well, this is going to be rigged then. <laughs> uh, I'm confident. I'm confident in the case that I presented. Uh, yeah, you both did an excellent job. So, so what I'm going to go ahead and do. So, uh, and I'm sure Demond will be back in a second. So, let's go ahead, Ryan. I'm going to have you give your closing argument for uh, you get two minutes, and then uh, Michael, you'll get two minutes for your closing argument. So, let's let me go ahead and bring Ryan up here. So, and two minutes go. So, Michael made the argument that it's harder to kill a Terminator than a Xenomorph. But that's actually a matter of debate. Futuristic weapons are effective against both, but Sarah doesn't have access to those weapons. That makes the Terminator seem more dangerous than a Xenomorph. But the first alien Ripley fought was not only ejected into space, but it was still alive in space and trying to climb back into the ship through the activated thrusters. And ultimately, it didn't get incinerated by the thrusters. The tether that was attached to it was, was destroyed by the thrusters, and it just launched off into space. We don't have proof of death of that alien or the alien queen. The only one that we can say was definitely sucked out to space was the human-alien hybrid in the fourth movie, and that's because it went through a small hole created in the hull of a spaceship just by a drop of Ellen Ripley's blood. She is a dangerous woman inside and out. In a fight, Sarah's outgunned, outpunched, and outthought by Ripley. She has a weaker personality and is a poor leader with a history of making bad choices. If it came down to a direct conflict between the two of them, Ripley would probably just wait for her to pass out drunk and kill her in her sleep with an incinerator. <laughs> it would be an act of kindness after she failed to save her son. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I might be a little bit. I might be a little bit behind the times of my Terminator knowledge, but in Terminator Genesis, who kills the John Connor Terminator? Well, I'm pretty sure it was Sarah, and if it wasn't Sarah directly, she certainly had a hand in it. So who's the better protect protector? Well, Ripley protected Newt, Hicks, and Bishops all the way through the end of Aliens, and she protected all of humanity every single time. And every single time she had to save humanity, it was a new xenomorph threat. Or Terminator threat if you go into the comics. <laughs> well done, well done. All right, Michael, if you're ready, let's uh, let's go ahead and give you your two minutes and go. Sure thing. Well, Ryan, you did a really adequate job advocating for Ripley, and I commend you. You have a lot of really great points about her specifically, but. I would still argue with you that Sarah is the better protector. Yes, Ripley does protect Hicks, Bishop, and New all the way through Aliens, but fails to actually check the spaceship so that by the time Alien 3 comes around, they are long dead. <laughs> Besides that, Sarah, most versions of Sarah, whether she is the one actually killing the Terminator or not, she still has a hand in doing that. She is still vital to the success of each mission, whether it's the Rev-9, whether it's John Connor and Genesis, whether it's the T-1000. Without her, 
these things don't get destroyed. These things kill their prey. They take out John Connor. They take out Kyle Reese. They take out Danny Ramos and then ultimately humanity. And in multiple versions, it seems like the future has been changed and actually been saved, which would save just about as many people as you claim Ripley would. Besides all that, too, Sarah herself, whether or not she has a drinking problem in some, some of the incarnations, is sure a little bit unstable but that's because she knows she's right and ultimately whether she's unstable or not she will ultimately do the right thing she doesn't kill miles dyson she chooses to use him to help them stop skynet and it succeeds as far as we can tell and beyond all of that it's just i don't know i i, I trust sarah i know sarah would be able to get us through because Ultimately, she would stop at nothing to do so. She doesn't throw herself into the vat of liquid. She throws her enemies there. All right. Well done. Well done. Oh, man. Well, I don't know if uh, Demond's going to make it back, but I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and close this part out and say, so now that the dispute is ended, it's time to go settle things. We're going to have you go to vote at disputedpod.com slash Connor. V, you'll go there and choose your winner. We will now, because we're not going to be back in two weeks, we'll probably announce the winner. We will we'll, on our next episode, but we're going to, we'll announce it prior to, prior to then as well. Just so everyone, so everyone will know, I'm not just going to leave you hanging. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll close the voting out in, in two weeks. So the voting will be open for two weeks, which is our normal in between show time. So everyone go vote Connor Ripley. Who you got? Put that in there, and uh, and man, it's I, I expect some good things out of this one. We, we've got some some folks that have been watching and putting in comments, so that's so that's been great. Also, if you are a fan of the show and would like to check out any of our stuff, go to disputedpod.com/links. You can also get one of these nice little shirts here, a disputed podcast shirt. Click our, our link for merch in there, and uh, and go get a t-shirt if you like. Um, so uh, let's see what else. Yeah, oh, I should have I should have bought one of the shirts before I came on the show. That'd be a surefire <laughs> lock for a host favoritism. Well, see, that's a that see now that's a good part about this show is we have no say in what anybody does. So I just <laughs> I, I create the poll. We put, we bring you guys on and and just have you ha have it out and do a little smack talk. Have have a few laughs. Have a beer. Whatever you know. Drink it up like Sarah. You know whatever you got to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, today was great. I mean, it's, this is, in my view, is a, like, like the Brock Sampson Black Dynamite thing. This, these two are very, I mean, if, if you look at them at their prime, in my view, they are very closely matched. Now, granted, there's a time and technology difference between the two. I think if you put them in the same time, whether that's the eighties or 22, whatever it was, then they're, they're probably going to have something similar going on. It looks like demand is back. I'm going to go ahead and add him back in. There you are. Uh, Hello. Hey, so you got him from the phone. looks like it's all right. So yeah, we close things out. I, I was just kind of uh, giving a little recap here and what I thought. So yeah. And like I said earlier, now demand, did you have anything you wanted to throw in before we move to the next section? Well, it's always nice to have people who are so well prepared and it seems like we're, it's getting better and better now that we have a few shows under our belts and we can kind of show people what's going on. And then the guests are getting better and better because they see it. It's, uh, and 
this was no uh, no exception. That guys came prepared. That zingers were thrown. I'm yep. pretty sure I missed a few, which upsets <laughs> me a bit. So I guess I have something to look forward to. Let's back. But yeah, man, I really enjoy I really enjoy the show because we get to meet new people and people and we get to see people bring their A game over characters that they love, and I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it was obvious you guys were passionate about your advocacy for uh, who you've got there. So yeah, it's it was well done. I I applaud you both. Let's see. Oh, we it looks like Thanks. we have another comment Thanks. in here. Great job, uh, Ryan. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I appreciate so, it, Michael. We've been going back and forth on Twitter all week, and it was nice to actually <laughs> finally get to the moment. Man, I, I was, was getting judgment day. I was I was looking forward to the some iambic pentameter. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tune in. You can find it. They've uh, they've got the aliens. They've got the aliens Shakespeare, and then Husky Jackal in Nashville produce Terminator the Second, yeah. which is Terminator <laughs> retold funny. in the words of Shakespeare. They all they changed were the nouns and pronouns. Very nice. I love it. It was yeah. I watched I, a little I, bit yeah. of it. I watched a little bit of it. I, I enjoyed it. It was funny. So yeah, I, I think you got some bonus content there, Michael. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Demond. I don't know if you have. You're printed out our sheet or not, or if you want me to go ahead and read what's left. <laughs> go ahead and read what's left, man. All right, all right. So because I'm moving Hello? to Portland, yeah, I'm here, yeah. So because I'm moving to Portland, we're going to be taking a short hiatus. I have to. I, I mean, I just, I mean, it's, there's a lot of stuff I have to move. I have a, a lots of podcasting gear and, and and an entire rest of the house to move. I mean, the rest of the house can stay. I just need my podcasting stuff. But anyway, well, so after the new year, we're going to have some new things in the works. We're going to do a Harry Dresden versus John Constantine, uh, Buffy versus Winona Earp. And we're going to have an entire, entire bracketed championships of scrappers. So like Wayne versus Shorzy from Letterkenny, Dean versus Sam and Supernatural. So we're going to- Wayne's we're, the toughest guy in Letterkenny. That's established <laughs> canon. Shorzy doesn't stand a chance. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on who's the best. I mean, you could make an argument there. I mean, because could be the argument is Wayne is Shorzy. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you never see them together. So yeah. And then we're also going to be doing a bracket of- uh, movie slash TV bands. So like Spinal Tap versus Scott Sex Bomb. So what we're going to do a whole battles of the band. So that will be coming next year. So stay tuned. We're going to be, we're going to be bringing some cool stuff to you. So Demond, anything you want to, to shout out? Oh, actually, you know, while I'm thinking about it, why don't you, Michael, why don't you give us your plugs for your stuff and, and then we'll, and then Ryan will do you. Sure. Thanks. Well, I, like I said at the beginning, I'm a host at Terminator. No, not at Terminator. At No Fate, <laughs> a Terminator podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at No Fate Pod. And you can also find us on our website, nofatepodcast.com. We're currently going through Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles right now. Actually, our final episode for season one drops this Saturday for the season one finale, What He Beheld. So we're super excited about that. It's been really great. We've gone through the movies. We're through season one of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. We'll probably talk about the movies again, and we're going to jump into season two of the series in January. So we're super excited about that. And I also write uh, uh, for Collider as well. So I, I actually am working on a Terminator article as we speak. I submitted it today. Awesome. Um, so that should be out in a week or two. So yeah. yeah, send send us send us the links for all those things, including your article, and we'll put them in our show notes. Sure. All right, Ryan. Let's. What are you? Hey. Hey. All right. So my name is Ryan Placetti. I am one of the two hosts on Don't Wreck Yourself. It is a podcast where we examine things that we find on the internet, typically to 
prove whether or not they are real, true, or worth sharing. Uh, we also answer questions <laughs> on Reddit from the, a lot of times it's from the no stupid questions. We try to answer these things as seriously as we can and provide people with good, sound information that they can share to their drunk uncles on the internet. You can find me on Twitter, possibly teasing the No Fate podcast about my impending victory at this. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but we are at Wreck Your Pod wow. on Twitter, Instagram. We even have a small TikTok presence. It's mostly my co-host making fun of people on TikTok, but it exists and it's there. That's pretty much all you need to know about us. Tune into our podcast. You might enjoy it. Right on. Right on, right on. Thank you, guys. Damon, anything you want to chip in before uh, before we head out? I don't. I want to congratulate uh, you and the Boondocks podcast for hitting 5,000 downloads yep. a week. So that's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. We just had, we've had our season three finale, and we'll be doing season four, the favorite season for everybody of the Boondocks. Yeah. <laughs> for, for some time after the beginning of the new year. And hopefully at some point next year, they will have the, the reboot out there. So I'm looking forward to that. So. All right. Well, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I guess if there's nothing else, then until next time, I'm Zaman. I'm Dean. And remember, everything, everything is disputed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode and that you will go vote for your winner. We give a huge, huge thanks to our guests and their advocacy for their characters. And finally, we'd like to thank the artist who created the music that helps make our show so great. We've got Hard Fight by Tajirages, Fight Club by Evil Bear Boris, Fight Makes Right by Atake, and This Party Sucks by Done With Fish. You can find all of them on freemusicarchive.org. Thanks. Thanks.